Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 45. Joining us today for our conversation are Cindy Wilson and Steve Taboo, and you're in for a treat because we got to just talk as friends about the Gospels and the beauty of this story of Jesus, and I think you're really going to enjoy today's conversation, so stay tuned. Cindy, Steve, welcome. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad you guys are back with us. Both of you have been with us before, but it's been a little while, so thanks for jumping in this week. As we jump in and get started, I was thinking about uh, both of you, and uh, both of you have read the Bible a lot. You've read a lot of scripture. How has reading through this time uh, been different at all um, for you? What what are, are there are there certain things that have really jumped out that have been different this time, or just in your pace with it? What's been different this time? A, a lot has been different this time. I- I think I have gotten uh, a, a whole nother understanding. It's like it's mm. been enlightened in a different way this time. Uh, stories that I that I have read and 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 taught on, and th- th- there's a r- more richness to them this time. Yeah. And, and it's it's been so good. Uh, it's like it's been more of a story. Yeah. This time than than before. Although I know it's always been a story, right. but it it has just flowed so well. Story in the sense of seeing how it all kind of worked together, together and yes. that this is telling one big story. Yes. Right. The story yes. of God and the story of his of his love for it, us. It's exciting. Every morning I'm excited to get to get up, oh, open cool. it up and read it. So it's yeah. been good. I love that. Steve, what about you? Well, I think for me it's probably more in the minor prophets right before Christ because it's just, it puts the pieces of the puzzle together in yeah. timeline. Right. And the little insights they give you mm-hmm. show you how, oh, God's working both in Israel and Judah. And look, he's also working in Moab and Edom and Tyre and Sidon. And I really feel like this time I saw more of the global mission of God yeah. than ever before as I pulled out the the prophecies to those other folks besides just the Jews. And I thought, you know. Yeah. There's a lot in there to other nations besides just the Jews. I mean, whether it be, I mean, God took the time to write on the wall for for pagan kings and (laughs) to uh, give them warnings and said he restored Nebuchadnezzar to power after going crazy for a while. I mean, God wasn't just for the Jews and the Bible wasn't even just for the Jews in the Old Testament. It was a book of reconciliation the whole way through. Uh, Yes, the Jews are the focal point. But I was just encouraged to see how all nations there are being addressed by God. Right, right. You mentioned Nebuchadnezzar, and it, God had an interesting relationship with, with Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. It gave him a lot of chances. Yeah. He did. He did. Really and, and Nebuchadnezzar, once or twice, kind of gave God glory. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And so it kind of makes you wonder if, like, Nebuchadnezzar actually believed and trusted. But, man, do you see anybody with that much power? Uh-huh. being able to yeah. to maintain outside of Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, You know, outside of Jesus Christ and outside of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, it seems like the statement that says power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Man, you, you just see it over and over again throughout the Bible. It's a deadly drug. Mm. Yeah. And talking about that kind of global perspective, I think uh, we can have a tendency uh, as, uh, not as believers, but just as people mm. to get pretty focused in on just our circle, our mm. sphere, and we forget that, you know, the, mm. the message of God is for all nations, it's mm-hmm. it's for the world. It's for people that look different than us, that talk different than us. Then, uh, and that's you know really seems to be the heart of God as we mm-hmm. as we read through it, and as we've been using this, uh, it's the daily Bible in chronological order. Uh, we're walking through the Gospels. Uh, we're seeing Jesus' ministry, which it's been so cool to be to be in that and. Uh, in that every day. Uh, but one thing I did want to note, uh, and Steve, you might be able even to, to speak to this too, because you've used this Bible several times, is um, the way they use the Gospels. Uh, they they infuse, like if there's the same story in, mm-hmm. in three or four of the Gospels, they they will use the context of of the one that has the most information or mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll take one little part so it's not we're not reading all of Matthew all of uh, Mark all of Luke all of John um, we're getting them kind of put together mm-hmm. right yeah yeah which I think to me makes more sense because sometimes you're reading I'm like wow I, I really thought in the when Jesus did that 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 there was a party that Matthew threw like in the mm-hmm. story of Matthew that I'm going to teach on Sunday the calling of Matthew, uh, in Matthew, it doesn't mention that Matthew threw the banquet party. In Luke, huh. it, I think it's in Luke that it mentions that he threw yeah. the banquet party. So in the one that Matthew wrote, he doesn't mention that he, he threw, threw the party. party. And maybe yeah. it's because he didn't want the attention. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That wasn't sure. important to him. Uh-huh. Uh, but in I think it was Luke was the one that he said, and Matthew invited his friends to the banquet or something. Yeah. And so I, it really does help to have in chronological for me because you're getting the whole story each time and you're getting all these details every time you read that story. So it it gives some consistency to my brain, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's also worthy to note uh, for those listening that um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke— are similar in a lot of the stories that they use, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that they tell. Um, they look very similar. similar. John, however, mm-hmm. looks quite a bit different. John has some stories that weren't in the other three. Yeah. And um, I just think it's it's worthy to note. And John seems to be setting up uh, a story, setting up a scene mm-hmm. that uh, and is speaking to an audience perhaps that that's different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So in case you you wonder why, well, we'll probably have most of the book of John mm-hmm. as we read through this, but not all of Matthew, Mark, and Luke because there's a, there's several differences. Mm-hmm. Not, 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 uh, not discrepancies, but just different things that John chooses to, different perspectives. to point out. Well, and I think that's, y'all may have already, you know, wrestled with this as you've read through it, but... It's four different people with four different personalities. Yeah, right. Uh, when I watch The Chosen, I love how The Chosen is a movie series that's out there about the life of Christ. And I love how it clearly distinguishes four different personalities. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, really 12 different personalities right. of the disciples. 
And as you read the four different books, it helps me in my mind to go, yeah, that would make sense that, that Matthew would see it that way. Right. That would make mm-hmm. sense that that John would see it this way. You know, John yeah. the Beloved, Matthew the tax collector, they would see it in a different right. light. Uh, just like if you and I or me and Cindy were looking at a situation, you know, we would see different elements of that yeah. situation. Yeah, we would notice different details. Yes. We would... Uh, we would interpret <laughs> what we're seeing mm-hmm. in slightly different ways, right? Yeah. Um, uh, that's. I think that's a great point. And uh, we forget sometimes that even the writers of of the Scripture, God inspired you know, through the Holy Spirit, inspired them, but they are human people. Yes. <laughs> human people. That's redundant, <laughs> I guess. Uh, they are humans with, with unique personalities, with unique experiences, with unique backgrounds, uh, writing this stuff down. Yeah. yeah. This, it was really neat to me reading it in here. I, I remember when I first started reading the Bible, the Gospels were confusing to me mm. because I didn't because I didn't have a full understanding of all the disciples and the, this is different ones, right? I just, yeah. I didn't have it the first time I read through. And I kept thinking, why do they keep telling the same story over? What, I, I didn't, you <laughs> yeah, know, right, right. It, it was like, why, why do they keep telling the same story? I mean, mm-hmm. What, how many times did he feed the 5,000? You know, sure. so and so I, I since had had realized what was going on. But in here, it is such a nice flow of pulling those stories together and giving them full body uh, yeah. because you do get the different perspectives. Yeah. So it, it, I, I've, I'm loving reading through the parables right now and, and the miracles. I love them. It, this is exciting here. <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned the five thousand. I'm pretty sure we read mm-hmm. about the feeding of the five thousand in yes. this week's reading. And then also, there seems to be another instance where it talks about oh, the four thousand. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting in in those two different instances. One, the four thousand seems to be at a later date mm-hmm. than the five thousand, and how mm-hmm. uh, you know the disciples they kind of go through the same thing. Like, wh- what, what are we, we going to do? do? <laughs> I <laughs> right? know, and I'm thinking, where were you Did last we, time? Yeah. <laughs> Did you remember that? Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't mm-hmm. exactly know the time frame in between, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like uh, maybe they just have short memories, or <laughs> or maybe they're just like you and I. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Maybe exactly. Just forget, uh, or they're just in the. I mean. Can you imagine, uh, I think this is kind of the human element that, that I often forget. These are real people walking with Jesus. Yes. Walking with the Messiah, walking with God come to earth. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing all these things that he does. It's like one to every day is new, right? Yes. And he's getting, they're getting to see, see God do amazing things and hear all of this teaching and and it would seem to us that that Jesus taught in a way that no one else ever mm-hmm. has and mm-hmm. and just walking with him every day and they also saw the the um just the everyday things like Jesus yes. had to sleep he had to eat yes he had to <laughs> Use the bathroom, you know. Exactly. I mean, they—they they haven't were, read that in here, Brian. <laughs> well, I don't know that anybody talks about it, but it, but I mean, he was fully human and yes. fully divine at the exactly. same time, and and just they they saw those things, and so I would think that you know sometimes there there was confusion, and there obviously was confusion. Well, mm-hmm. Jesus, what did you mean by that? You know, and and yet he did. He took the time with them, especially those closest followers, to uh, to share his heart with yeah. them. You know? Yeah. It's funny because you you think they were they were just people, and they were walking alongside him, but you just think if today we had 
something going on and we're we're walking, we're seeing it ourselves. We don't always realize what we're in the midst of when we're in the midst mm. of it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, and so they've had to, I mean, we know it now mm-hmm. bec- because we've read the book, right. because we know the story. But they didn't realize exactly what they were sure. in the midst of at that time. So, Well, they thought Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they thought that he would return before they died, mm-hmm. and at least initially. Mm-hmm. And so why would you even bother to write it down? You know, right. I mean, it's, well, of course, we're going to be here to tell everybody the story. Why do we have to bother writing exactly. it down? Yeah. But uh, thankfully, they did realize as they began to spread all over the place that and we need an accurate account of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm Because so these guys weren't writing it down as they were going necessarily. No. Yeah, not I mean, likely. And of the, of the four, Matthew and John were the only ones that were truly walking with them daily. Mm-hmm. And then Mark and Luke, they had, yeah. they were friends of the 12 mm-hmm. and wrote down the things that they were hearing from them. So, so all of this was written down a few years after. Yeah. Well, the, they, there, they there is been. a chance that Mark and Luke were part of the 70, the, the okay. 70 that were in early on, but not the 12. And so there's a, there's a strong possibility that they would have seen a lot of this stuff firsthand uh, but to your point, you know, leaning on the disciples, especially right. when it just says, I mean, how do we know when he took Peter, James, and John up to the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, obviously, they, they had to have talked about it right. mm-hmm. uh, because it was just Peter, James, and John. Mm-hmm. And there are some moments where Jesus is by himself. How do they know that? Yeah. Well, either Christ had to talk to him about it or or they were peeking around the corner. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's an interesting picture, <laughs> you know. Yeah, or the garden, the garden is is an mm-hmm. instance where mm-hmm. we're thinking about that, and maybe uh, maybe Peter and uh, James were asleep, but John was yes. looking a little a little mm-hmm. further in, mm-hmm. um, or maybe Matthew was on the other side, going, "I knew these three guys were worthless. I knew it. I knew it. I'm going to write this down. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to let the world know." <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so in thinking about this week's reading, the things we've read, uh, is there is there a, a story or a teaching that uh, particularly has jumped off the page to you guys? I love, I, I like all of them. I mean, they're just all so yeah. good and stuff. I love the feeding of the 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love that story uh, as much for the story itself, but when they began to pick the baskets up mm-hmm. and they brought them back to Jesus and they had those baskets that were full, and then he handed them to his disciples, and he said, "Now, basically, you go feed people." And mm-hmm. and and to, I mean, to me, that's what that he's telling them: you you do this now, you feed you yeah. feed the people. I, I like that because that's what we're called to do, right? Is to feed people. Um, and I like that the fact that as you preach Sunday of uh, going fishing, that he used fish also in this story. You know, I I just, I like that one. I think it's so amazing when you read what Jesus taught and you realize that he taught in a way that someone who possibly is even illiterate can understand. Mm -hmm. He used stories. It said that he didn't speak unless he used stories, but then sometimes he he double spoke. What I mean by that is he— he would speak with a message for the people that were there, but it had a different meaning, a deeper meaning for the disciples that he would explain yes. later. Yeah. And and for sometimes he specifically spoke in a way that 
those whose hearts weren't there for the right reason, they, they weren't understand. they weren't they gonna catch it. it. Yeah. They weren't gonna catch it. And then I love the fact that Jesus was not controlled by the need to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as a pastor, I struggle with the need to want everybody happy. Sure. It's like I want all my people to be happy or I want I want people to like me. I want them to like no. my sermon. And Jesus, man, he's he's rolling here in, <laughs> in Luke four where he's in the synagogue, he he proclaims what his mission is going to be, quoting Isaiah, (laughs) and it says that uh, he rolled the scroll up, all eyes were on him, all spoke of him and were amazed at the gracious word that came from his lips. Mm -hmm. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? They were amazed. But Jesus knew their heart, Mm -hmm. and so instead of him basking in that amazement going, that's right, guys, I'm the Messiah. It's your lucky day. I came from your town. Look who you got. Y'all are are so blessed to have me here. Instead, he he calls them out. In that moment when he he was popular, he ruined it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He calls them out and says, look, you know, surely you'll quote one day um, to, to hit physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we've heard you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And I love this. I assure you there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah wasn't sent to any of them, but to a widow and Zarephath mm-hmm. in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel when leprosy, with leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like he just said, I'm going to poke you in the eyeball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. You know, Because like, both of those instances were where God poured out his His blessing on non-Israelites. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And again, that this is just what's leapt off the page to me. It's like, mm-hmm. not only did he do that, but Jesus is making a point to the Jews to say to them, God's message isn't just for you. Yeah. And if you reject it, there are others that will receive it. Yeah. And thinking about that, thinking from the perspective of of the of the Jews, of the Israelites and the Pharisees specifically, why do you think they took such offense? Well, I think their their power structure, their popularity, their their financial support, everything was on the line for them. Mm-hmm. Their their whole role in the world was what they taught and how many people followed them because multiple times in the Bible it says they were they were jealous. They were jealous of the fact that mm-hmm. I mean Jesus, this nobody gets up, he doesn't have a degree, he doesn't didn't go to their rabbinical no. school and five thousand people are being fed. And following. And following I mean, the following. Yeah. yeah. So and they're they're lucky to get three at a Bible study. <laughs> I feel so the pain. They were threatened. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. absolutely. They yeah. were threatened. And and we we look at like we look at them, and we think you guys should have been the first to recognize who Jesus was, right? Because you knew the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think also they had moved beyond, and Jesus addresses this, they had moved beyond the actual scriptures and the actual law and put in so many of their own interpretations Mm -hmm. and taken the law to a different place than what God ever meant it to be. uh, We do that. We do that today. I mean, Mm. I I mean, when, when we were reading in the old Testament, it talks about, you know, 
everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. Uh, we we make our own rules, and then we want God to say, this is okay. We, I mean, we do what—we're we're doing the same thing. We, I, yeah. fe- I feel like we do the same kind of thing. Uh, we know there's a God, and we know He— we know his goodness, um, but we want him to excuse the things in our lives and let us hmm. go on with uh, what we want to do. Well, if we're not careful, we'll do that in church as well. We will. We'll make sacred cows out yes. of the things that we like uh, that are not necessarily scriptural. They're just, you know, things that we like. No. So type no, of no, type of music. Type not of necessarily preaching. bad things. No, no, no not, at right. yeah. not at all. Not at all. Uh, type of music, type of preaching, mm-hmm. uh, type of <laughs> worship experience. Uh, these these are all things that, you know, have changed through the ages. Yeah. You know, we don't see uh, a piano or an or- organ nope. in the New Testament. <laughs> nope. But for hundreds of years, that was the sanctioned official <laughs> <laughs> instruments yes. of the uh, of the, it of wasn't the, church without them, right? Right. <laughs> that's what. Yeah. Right. That's what people felt, right? Yeah. yeah. And and today it's moved more towards a band, mm-hmm. and you know what's going to be next? Maybe maybe we need to be opening our eyes to what may be next, mm-hmm. right? Kazoo's, I think would kazoo's. be kazoo's. <laughs> no, 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 not a kazoo. But hey, you know if that's what the I mean, if the Lord does a movement, then hey, maybe so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, not kazoos. <laughs> no, no, you're good with no kazoos. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. I, I remember where I was going was a very traditional, uh, you know, church. And I can remember the first time it was such an ordeal to get drums in that church mm. because that just, that's that's not right. And, uh, you know, you're they're like, though, you can't do that. And I'm like, but they're in the Bible. I mean, they're in the Bible. Why can we not do that? Yeah, there's not a piano in the Bible, but no, there are no. drums. There are drums <laughs> yeah, and cymbals. So, yeah. But but there are also, you know, we saw Nicodemus in here defending Jesus mm-hmm. and seeking Jesus. And so I think it's important to never take a broad um, stroke when it comes to yeah condemning a group or whatever that looks like. So, for example, just recently, uh, it seems like there's a real move to just bash the church. Mm -hmm. Or in some circles, it's bashing the mega church. Mm -hmm. Or in some circles, it's bashing the seeker-sensitive church. Mm -hmm. Or I I was at a meeting recently where they they called out three specific mega church pastors for how they've hurt the movement of God. Wow. And, and they probably have no relationship with with any of those people. Right. 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 Oh, yeah. They don't know who <laughs> they are. They, yeah. they haven't interviewed right. them personally or gone to their churches. But at the same time, some of those men have done great things for the work of the mm. Lord. And it's it's easy to, to throw stones, in my opinion. I think that's with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. They were threatened. Nobody wanted to hear them. They weren't growing. People weren't getting more excited about God or religion. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes on doing things differently, mm-hmm. doing miracles, mm-hmm. and they are jealous. Mm-hmm. And we can be that way in the church, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, here at the river, you know, there's there are other churches in town that are that are growing, doing great work, and we can either be jealous of that and go, oh, I bet they're watering down the gospel. That's why they're growing. Oh, mm-hmm. I bet they're tickling their ears. That's why they're growing. Or we can celebrate the fact that they're baptizing people and lives are being changed, and realize that no one church in this city 
can meet all the needs of everybody in this city. Right. Well, and I think even thinking about, uh, you know, our interpretation of theology and and all of that for for any group that says, oh, we got it figured out and everybody else is wrong. Mm. That's, you know, that's spiritual pride. Yes, spiritual pride. And... uh, and we're human, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and none of yeah. us is God. And so, to think that we corner the market on uh, on truth mm-hmm. is uh, now. I mean, we have Scripture, and we have some things that are very clear. I'm not saying there's not. I mean, mm-hmm. there is truth. Yes, yes. but uh, I think for for any group, especially within the realm of of orthodoxy, of um, uh, and orthodoxy is just a big word that means the the kind of the accepted truth that is that has lasted over time. We, even within those groups, we some it's easy to cast stones. That was the terminology mm-hmm. you used. And we, we, we just have to, have to remember we're all part of the same big church, right? That's I mean when 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 the other churches are baptizing and they're growing, it's it's part of our whole family that's coming together. When the Bible speaks of we're all a different part of the body, it's mm-hmm. because you know. I mean, uh, I just think about if we were all legs, we could never know where we were going because we couldn't see and we need it. And I see I see so many of the churches in our area and the ministry that they are just so strong in. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like we need to support that. And, and I feel like we do, I, yeah. you know, uh, because it's ultimately all we're all working for the same goal yeah. and toward the same uh, goal. We're on the same team. We're, we're on not the same in competition, team. It's, right? It's not. And I, yeah. I love the fact that I don't I don't ever feel like we are doing that here, but I just I, I like being part of the big team, mm. you know. So. That's good. But we have to keep that ever before us, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think if we just keep reading the New Testament, <laughs> yeah. and say, Lord, speak to me, mm-hmm. it's amazing to me how reading fresh and anew every every time something else jumps out. Yeah. Right. And I love being in life group. Because in my life group, we got some brand new believers in Christ. And as they read it, it's amazing how they're like, yeah. did you read the part? Right. And they get all excited because <laughs> yeah. it's the, literally the first mm-hmm. time they've read it. And, yeah. and they're excited about it. And it just, even that renews my joy yeah. in in reading the, yeah. the gospel. Yeah. I love that. And I it's love the, that. It's, it's the beauty of, of reading and studying scripture. Together, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And and I think that's been something I've enjoyed in, in this journey of reading through the scripture. You know, mm-hmm. as a as a body, yeah, as a church, and then through this podcast, just having discussions and hearing uh, how the Lord is, is speaking to us. And you know, as you mentioned that, keep reading, <laughs> keep reading mm-hmm. the New Testament, and and just submitting ourselves to the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. and um, and allowing Him to to move us and to and to inspire us, um, as we as we wrap up, uh, I wonder if there's is there something that we haven't read yet in the Gospels because that's what we're right in the middle of, and we'll be probably coming to an end of the Gospels here in a week or two. Uh, is there something that we haven't read yet that you're looking forward to reading again? For me, without a doubt, it's the resurrection. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's the work of Christ to bring to fruition all that He had been saying, and to confirm to these guys, even Thomas. I love His mercy with Thomas, <laughs> who walked with Jesus the same as everybody else, but didn't get to see Him resurrected initially. 
and says, I won't believe it, guys, just from your testimony. (laughs) You're my good friends, but I still don't buy it. And then when he saw Jesus, Jesus didn't condemn him. He said, here's my hands. Here's my side. Thomas, do you believe? And he's like, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. And Thomas ends up being a martyr for Christ, right? And so for me, it is the, the resurrection and the excitement of the resurrection and then the disbursement all over the world because mm-hmm. that fuels me as a pastor to remind me that the goal is not to build a bigger house here. Mm-hmm. The goal is to build the kingdom of God, yeah. reaching as many people and spreading out as far and wide as we can, raising up leaders, empowering them, and then setting them free. Steve just got really excited. <laughs> and I love that. That that's that's your passion. I love I love that. Well, I love the hope in the crucifixion mm-hmm. because as as he's on the cross and the two thieves and he says, Today, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, I'm making a way for all to come and be with me in paradise. And and so to me that the fact that this is a sinner. Uh, and he's, you know, speaking to him. And I mean, he's speaking to all of us and because we all are all, all are sinners. Yeah. Uh, and that we have that opportunity. We have that availability. Uh, he has m- given us that grace and the compassion that he showed when he said, you know, Father, forgive them for they know not what they've done as he looked out on the crowd. And I, to me, that I love that hope that's in that. Absolutely. I love the resurrection. I mean, yeah. right. That's, that's, that is our hope too. But I just love the compassion that he had for people uh, that didn't, they really didn't understand mm-hmm. what they, what was going on at that moment. So I like that part. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing that excites me, uh, not just one thing in particular, but, but as we have fairly quickly we're reading through the New Testament fairly quickly. We've read quickly. through the Gospels. It's easier to see how it all works together, mm. you know, and how that's it all true. fits together. Yeah. And uh, and that's really exciting. I think if there are folks that are that are tracking with us, that are reading with us, and maybe it's the first time mm-hmm. that you know they're getting a beautiful picture yeah. of of the whole thing. Uh, so I think that's really really cool. Hey, thank you guys for for joining us uh, on this episode. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for buying us lunch today. Where are we going again? I I think it's awesome. We offered that, aren't you? Me too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll talk after we uh, push stop on (laughs) on the recording. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you have any questions about the podcast, feel free to reach out to us at TWTW at theriverCC.com. Or if you're looking for a church home in Cookville, Tennessee, be sure to check us out at theriverCC.com. Thanks, and join us next time on The Word This Week. <laughs>